What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 10-8 bonus content, the 10-8 call-in show. This is going to be a little extra thing from one episode to the other. This is where we talk to cops or former cops who have experienced things that we talk about in the main episode. Something a little different, a little extra, uh, without making our main episodes like three hours long or whatever it might be. This is just a little bit of me talking to regular old cops or former cops who have a take on the issue. Some days it'll be one person, sometimes it'll be multiple people. This is just the first one to get you started. So if you listen to our episode for this week, Zooming Out with Ted Stern, we talked a lot about nutrition and wellness and things like that, but the main overarching theme was busting out of your comfort zone and doing things that you're fearful of and the fear of failure that is attached to that. That being said, I have a caller on the line. He's my buddy Josh from Central Florida. We're going to talk about what his experience with that is. So what's going on, Josh? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. So what is, what is your experience with fear of failure, with leaving your comfort zone? I mean, this is something that a lot of people, I think, deal with, but few talk about. What is your experience on it? For me, my biggest fear and actual reality of leaving my comfort zone was knowing that even though I was I was pretty confident in my abilities to be a cop, take care of what needed to be taken care of, but I needed to step away from the law enforcement game and change careers a bit for my family. And that's going from something, a job that I could essentially do in my sleep. I had the answer to any single thing that one of my guys would come up with on shift being a sergeant for four years and officer for ten and a half, I, I could answer pretty much anything in my sleep, be, roll with the punches, knew how what I needed to do, knew what I wanted out of the shift, knew what I wanted to push for, and knew what my strengths were. To step out of that, go to the private sector, uh, understanding it was a better factor for my mental health, for my family, and just for life overall, to step out into a whole different world where uh you don't have a gun belt a taser and you're not yelling at people every day it's a heck of a curveball and it's been sure. a heck of an adjustment over the past eight months right it's, it's a major culture shock too i think that's a big one too is like you know you, even something simple as like getting pulled over i got pulled over once since i've left and it's like you know you can't even be like i mean Everybody that's not a cop listening, close your ears for a second. But, you know, you can't even be like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. You know, I'm on my way to work or on my way to overtime or something. And, or even in uniform or something, you know, that's something as simple as that. Or even like I was I was in Walmart and a deputy walked by and I like waved at him and he looked at me like I was I had two heads. But if I was in uniform, he'd be like, hey, brother, how you doing? And shake my hands and it'd be a thing, right? It's just like a culture shock when you're like, oh, that I, that's no longer – my group here anymore yeah i mean i've had deputies and officers come up to the site and just for minor stuff or accidental 911 hang-ups whatever and they don't know me and it's it's a little weird it definitely is and actually now they recognize my wife's name oh she taught me in the academy oh mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. so she has more of a legacy than i do and i will wild. say the biggest perk of biggest perk of a corporate change is Instead, we always joke about how bad admin is. No matter how you uh, how good you do on the street, you could go get a triple murder suspect, a kilo of dope. But damn it, you weren't wearing your seatbelt when you did that traffic stop. So here's paper. Man, I've gotten so many just emails from high ups in the company. Thank you so much. And I was like, 
I, I didn't think I, I thought this was just normal Tuesday, what I was supposed to be doing. I was like, this this praise is weird. And I remember sending pictures of that to my wife of this, this transition. Why is everyone so nice? Yeah, Why are they yeah. thankful for the work we do? This is odd. Right. So I, I think I, you're right. I mean, even from going to dispatch, hearing like my supervisor be like, hey, it's nice to see you. Glad you're here. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is so actually for New Year's Eve, I was working. My supervisor was off and I, I'm guaranteeing some alcohol and some inebriation had something to do with it. But she was like, hey, I just want to appreciate you for uh, being there and, and allowing me to have this day off. I'm like, well, I really didn't have a choice. But you're welcome. You know, I was, I was, I had to be here, but I'm glad to be here. So that, that fear of failure though, you know, that, that fear of leaving that comfort zone, what do you think really rooted that in? Like what, what do you, what were you so concerned about? Were you, is it, was it really unknown? Like, I feel like I unknown and especially, and definitely unknown of how am I going to transition and be kind of what if I suck? What if I stumble? and mess this up when, when I just had a great thing, a great stable thing that I could have stayed at forever to shake it up and restart. And big, luckily, the other factors, the other benefits pushed me past that. But, I mean, there's still days I'm like, did I make the right decision? I remind myself I do, but anytime I make a mistake or I don't have an answer readily available because I'm in a totally new type of job, that's the biggest fear of every day of am I going to fail at this when I, when I could take care of business, no questions asked, do what needs to be done with my hands behind my back type deal of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that. That's, that's almost a naked feeling going into yeah. a new career, a bit blind and not having those answers. Quoting case and, law doesn't mean too much. Right. Not at all. And, you know, even to the fact of, you know, I, I left one agency. I went to work the road on another agency, only lasted a few months in that or a few weeks in that training. But there was the same feeling with that. And I, I talked to a lot of people leaving different agencies, different states, um, few people like from Canada moving down to the United States, like major, major differences. And that's a fear of a lot of them, too, is like, well, what if I fail? Like for me, I remember sitting in onboard training, you know, getting started with my new agency and there was some stuff that the trainer would just call me out on the mat. Now, come to find out, that's just his training thing to kind of, you know, get you mm-hmm. accustomed to the water or whatever. But, like, there was this fear in my head, like, well, what if what if I really wasn't as good as I thought at my job? It was just I was familiar with the people around me, so they kind of gave me more assistance than I necessarily needed. Like, those were a bunch of the concerns that I had, and, you know, I've seen a lot of people, man, from come from like big agencies like NYPD or LAPD. They come down to like Podunk, you know, small place in Florida, and they can't they can't match it. You know, they can't match what they did up there down here because it's totally a different animal. So I totally understand that fear of you know going into that unknown. Or you know, right now for me going into school, it's been. 10 years since I took an online class that wasn't a cop class, you know, and the first exam I took, I was like, holy shit, you actually have to study for these. Like, it was a major culture shock for me. Yeah, I took a OSHA safety course a few months ago, and I was, I had no experience really in the course, and everyone else been stuff 10 years, and kind of like you said about class, like, oh my gosh, I have to study, like, what is this? 
this isn't an FTLE course that let's I'm not saying they give you the answers, but I'm not saying they don't review that test either. Right, right. It's it's just different, you know, and even cop tests are just that, you know. <laughs> they're they're kind of – it is what it is, you know. If, it, if there's something that says all of the above or all of these or something like that, it's going to be that choice, but not so much in other in other ways. Um, I never met a cop class that I couldn't pass, except for a bicycle, but that's a different story for a different different time. But so now that it's been several months and you've kind of gotten used to the water, you know, you, you didn't get plunked in. How are things? Was it worth the fear or are you kind of, are you good now? I'd say 98% of the time, absolutely. 2% of the time, you're like, man, I would go take a crack on the street over this any day, but it ebbs and flows no different. That's just life in general. I'll take it. I'm pretty happy with it. And my probably my favorite part is what's viewed as a nightmare scenario in a corporate world is like the smallest problem that is so easily fixable. And you like law enforcement, if you're scared of if you're ready to step away, you guys can look like rock stars in the corporate world just being able to do problem solving with a little bit of stress. And this is stress that you deal with the first call out of dispatch or out of briefing. It's so easy to look like a rock star because you guys and all cops go through the most stress in the world every day like it's nothing. Right. That That's so true. When I went to dispatch and, and I, you know, these the operators around me, you know, they're like, oh, this is a big deal. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. I mean, and, you know, honestly, when this is something that came up when I was in or in, in my therapy sessions is like that difference. Right. Like that. This is not like well, I was in training and they're like, oh, are you are you sweating training? I was like, no. I was like, I've had training where people were shooting at me, where I was driving and could crash a car. Like I've had significantly serious trainings. This is nothing, you know, and it definitely made a difference and kind of helps. Like one of the things I've talked to a lot of people who have worked dispatch and then worked the road or vice versa. And they go, you know, oh, when the when the hot call comes out, you probably want to go get to it. I'm like, hmm. Not really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it still kind of gets the blood flowing, but it doesn't like, I don't get that, like the fear or the adrenaline rush. A few of them have, don't get me wrong, but it's just so different. Like I have seen that call up close and personal in my face, like to hear it on Mm -hmm. the phone or hear about it from a third party caller doesn't do the same thing. And I think you're absolutely right. The small things that freak everyone out doesn't move the needle anymore for me um, or you. But, you know, there are obviously some gripes and complaints that come with any job, but I'm really glad that, you know, you were, you had fear, which is common, that's normal, but you, you didn't stay in something that was not good for you, which was, you know, law enforcement with your family and everything. And it worked out because so many of these guys and girls, they get out, they go work a corporate job, they go work for Geico or something like that. And six months later, they're right back in it. They're right back on the job because it wasn't what they wanted. So I'm really happy that it worked out for you. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, I miss it. Don't get me wrong. But as I've joked with you and other people, when I get asked, oh, do you miss it? How can you not? I mean, how can you miss certain things? To quote Southland, the furrow seat to the greatest show on earth. But then again, it's easy to remind yourself, I sure as hell miss that 5% of the best calls, the crazy craziness that you'll never forget, so that 95 calls of shenanigans and complaints and everything else. Right. Uh, that makes me a little bit more complacent to step back after 10 and a half years. Correct. And, you know, even me now, 
I look at it and, you know, actually recently I kind of like had a, had a sit with myself kind of moment. And I was like, you know, I do miss back then. I miss even the shitty times. I mean, they were really shitty, but they were good. You know, I enjoyed my squad I ran with. I enjoyed, you know, the trouble we got into, even when we caught some paper. Um, but that was then they don't, that, that time doesn't exist anymore. It's just a memory. Unfortunately, you know, that wouldn't, even if I still worked in the same place, same squad, everything like that, things are so different now. And I, I remind, remind myself that, and you're right, we do forget so much of the negative and that's part of the problem too. So I, there's a guy that works for me or with me, similar story. He went from the road to dispatch and he, he asked me point blank. He's like, do you, do you miss being a cop? I was like, I missed being a cop when I was a cop, like back then, but I have no desire to really go back to it now. Like, don't get me wrong. If I, if I could like run and gun for like a 12 hour shift and then forget about it again for like a year, that could be cool. I even thought about like becoming a reserve just for that. But I mean, you kind of get comfortable, such a terrible word, but you kind of get comfortable in your new normal that it's like, you know what? Again, like you can always spice it up, right? Like, thanks to you, I got this, this smoking hobby and, you know, it gives me something new to look forward to, you know, that's not just law enforcement based and shit like that. So, you know, I think it kind of depends to everyone, but I'm really glad you had that story of like, Hey, I was unsure about how this was going to go. And then when it wound up, it actually was okay. Yeah. I mean, so far, no complaints. I'm coming up on, I think, eight months out and it's, it's been different, but I mean, I knew it was time to step back after all I'd been through during my career, and no regrets. I got my HR 218 card after 10 years. I got vested, so I just walked away with something, and that's kind of my that was my goal all along. Right, and and you have definitely been through a lot, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know Josh, we I didn't really intro him, but go listen to our episode from season two, um, surviving the shooting. You'll you'll hear Josh's story. It's absolutely crazy. Um, the stuff he's went in went through in 10 years in a, in a not major city of the United States. It's just insane. So go check it out, Josh. Um, congratulations to you. I'm super happy for you. And uh, we're going to, we're going to have to like dual smokes at one time soon and, and see uh, you, you've got the better, whatever. How's your, how'd your new year's brisket come down? Brisket came out phenomenal. Wasn't quite happy with the bark, but the interior cook on it definitely worked out. Awesome. Awesome. So everyone, uh, Josh, thank you so much for sharing your story and, and chatting with me. Of course, Bob. And a special thanks to Josh for calling in and giving his side of this issue. Listen, we're going to be doing this more and more frequently. This is something that I really have always wanted to do is have listener input to my shows, to my, you know, post. I love hearing from the people that listen and support me. And I, you know, this is a way of giving you guys that front row access so that being said if you see an episode coming up and you want to be involved in either this part of it or whatever it might be you can always call into the show most of the time like 99.7 percent of the time then it will be a voicemail that you leave but 
if you message me on Instagram and say, hey, I'd like to talk about this topic. I want to be part of the call-in show. Let me know and we will we will make it happen and we'll get you on. So the phone number is 352-610-1692. Again, that's going to be 352-610-1692. Next week, our episode is about burnout. So far, we've got two people lined up to call in and we're going to... I'll have more if you guys want to talk. We definitely can do it. Again, 352-610-1692. And we will go ahead and get you on and we'll talk about it. So until next week, we've got Isaac Asiata. Take care of each other. Stay safe. 10-8. Out. The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department.